I'm Wonder Rob, and that is the always angry Jeff W. And we just jump pointed right into the Vectorverse. All right, I am Vector, and this is the Vectorverse. Today on the show, I've got two very special guests, my co-host on the video game podcast that I'm on, the Sandbox Gamers After Dark. First off, we have returning to the Vectorverse, Mr. Wonder Rob. Hey, guys. Who is on the Ant-Man Quantumania review, and perhaps will be on future MCU reviews here in the Vectorverse. Wonder Rob is a Marvel zombie from way back. So he mm-hmm. likes to talk all the MCU stuff, as you are about to see. And then this is a first time ever for Jeffrey Whitehouse the second, Jeff W. from the Sandbox Gamers. He also likes Marvel movies. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm good. Now that you just put my whole government name out there, yeah. my address is 1350. <laughs> Jeffrey Uh-oh. Nathaniel Whitehouse II, <laughs> Jr. So we're going to have some fun today, boys, because the Sandbox Gamers are in the Vectorverse. And we're going to be talking all about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, no subtitle. Just Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. We all got a chance to watch it. One time, so we're going to give our thoughts here in the Vectorverse. Um, I don't have a specific order for this, so let's go to Wonder Rob. Since he loves Marvel movies, he loves Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe. What do you think about the first two volumes, Rob? I don't know if I ever asked you about that. You you never have, and f- frankly, I was starting to get a little upset over it. And but... I never will. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm glad you did. Uh, I I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I think they are some of the best Marvel movies out there. Uh, they have a definitely have a unique voice, uh, writing style. the The cast, the ensemble cast, is great. Some of my favorites, that's for sure. And I know. Jeff W. is a James Gunn fan from way, way back. Actually, Jeff, have you seen every single James Gunn film? Can you think of? Oh, uh, I'd have to go through, but probably. I think. Have Super... you seen Tromeo and Juliet? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's only do the ones he directed, not the one, the James Gunn written ones, although okay. he is a really good writer. But you've seen Slither, right, Jeff, with Nathan Fillion and Michael Rooker? No, maybe that's the one and, I haven't seen. Okay. That was the one that Slipper. I think the first time he worked with uh, mm-hmm. Nathan Fillion, first time he worked with Michael Rooker. And, oh, um, Super also has Dwight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Super was good. So Jeff is a, a huge James Gunn fan. So why don't you tell us, what did you think about the first two real quick before we get into three? What was your expectation level going into this movie from the first two movies? Um, I think... I guess like we're just going to rank a little bit here. I mean, one and two are end game level. Uh, the be- like it's, it, it is both of them. Marvel. Marvel, yes, both. I like both. I know some people maybe didn't like the second one as much, but I actually, I might actually like the second one more, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, compared okay. to most people. But um, I would put those 
I mean, I will get into the other in a second, but I would put those mm-hmm. two at top top Marvel tier uh, easily. Okay. I myself was a huge fan of the first movie. I remember taking my girlfriend at the time, now wife, to the theater three times. And I remember each time saying, this is what Star Wars needs to be. Because it was like right before Force Awakens came out. So I was like, this is what Star Wars should be. The way that James Gunn wrote this to be an action comedy, that's the way that they should do it. Uh, turns out they did not do Star Wars that way when we got Force Awakens and the sequel trilogy. But I was a huge fan of that first movie because it was unexpected. We we didn't know because we had Thor, we had Iron Man, Captain America, like all the big names. But people didn't know Star-Lord. They didn't know Groot. They didn't know Gamora unless they were Marvel fans before that. So that movie was a huge introduction to all these like wild and crazy characters, the cosmic stuff, opening all of that up in the MCU. So I think that first movie to me is, is on that Iron Man one end game level as my favorite. Uh, the, the second one took a little dip and I actually haven't returned to that one since the first time I, I watched it in the theater once. And I don't think I ever watched it again, but that, uh, second movie, the first battle, like the opening sequence of that movie was fantastic. Like, I love the way that that introduced everything. Um, I can't remember anything after that. Forgot the rest of the movie. <laughs> they went oh, to a man. planet and they talked about Ego's penis or Drax yeah. was really curious about it. <laughs> you know, which oh, that man. Uh, is actually a good uh, transition, Rob, because the the characters that James Gunn created because all these characters existed in the Marvel comics, but he kind of had his own spin on it where each one was different than they are in the comics. So like almost to the point where you wouldn't recognize them, but no, that's this, the this was laughed at right when it was announced, right? Guardians in general. Oh yeah. When people was, were laughing when guardians at, the cartoon, of the galaxy. at the raccoon, they were very much not with what Gunn eventually did. Right, because there was there was like you said animated versions, um, but people were not familiar with the characters on a general level. Like my mom didn't know who Groot was. Now it's one of her favorite characters. So that's what the exposure of the MCU does. So I think these characters are the lasting legacy. Like Rob just mentioned, Drax and Batista, and I think Jeff. That's what kind of introduced Batista as a hey, he could be an actor. This guy can do something outside of the wrestling ring. And I think we all started liking him after that. Um, unless, did you like him before? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were a big Batista fan or not. Um, I mean, I thought he was like fine in wrestling, but he had the um, the same stigma that, it's funny because he, he's done this now twice with John Cena. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where I, I, with a cult I think they, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he, you know, I never want to see a wrestler in a movie. I think they all suck. Those are like <laughs> wrestlers. Typically, I would say this, unless I can't think of one right now, except for the, aside from The Rock, right? All wrestler actors are like $5 Walmart bin DVD actors. Uh, and, Jeff, have you ever but, seen oh No Holds Barred? That, have you ever seen exactly the nanny? Exactly. Have you ever seen Rock keep, Hard too? Yeah. Keep, give, keep giving me more examples. <laughs> um, all wrestlers. Have you ever actors, seen The Marine? Except for you know, we'll give Macho Man and his Spider Man appearance a break. Um, 
but everybody else is trash. <laughs> Three minutes. But somehow James Gunn, if you can redeem wrestler actors who weren't great before, you know what I mean? <laughs> I think it speaks to, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I saw his name in Cringe just the same way I saw John Cena in Cringed, you know, and other, yeah. other stuff. Um, so that's one of, I wrong. think, James Gunn's strengths is being able to take those things that you didn't necessarily think you were going to like and turning them into things that you love, like Drax's sense of humor and him taking everything literally. Like I said, that was not from the comics. So that is a James Gunn creation. We have him to thank for that. Um, We also have him to thank for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So let's get into our thoughts. Wonder Rob, just real as an overall film, what did you Mm -hmm. think of Volume 3? Before I saw this movie, there's an individual that we both know that made a prediction that said, I believe Wonder Rob is going to be tired of James Gunn's formula when he sees this, (laughs) the manure. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) That individual couldn't have been any more incorrect. I very much enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I think it's a highlight of the MCU post-Endgame. Now, the script's been done for a while, so I don't know if that really has much to do with it. But it definitely stands leaps and bounds over certain MCU movies that have been out lately. I've told you this off the mic. I don't think any Phase 4 Marvel movies are inherently bad. I can find something to like about everything I've seen in the MCU since Endgame. But this one really feels like a step above. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think I think I liked it better. I, def- I, I definitely liked it better than Volume 2. And I like Volume 2. I, I, I haven't decided if I like it better than the first one yet. But I very much enjoyed Volume 3. And I remember at one point, you had a formula for trilogies. I think it, yeah. it started with Spider-Man. What was that formula that you had? The formula that I stood by for the longest time, and I don't think it really holds... Well, no, I take it back. I, I think for the most part it still works. But almost always, the second movie in a trilogy to me is the best. Because, especially in superhero movies, because... The first movie typically is an origin story. You're setting up, you know, Spider-Man got bit by the spider or Iron Man figured out how to make a suit or anything like that. But by the time you get around to the second movie, you don't have to sit through an origin story anymore. You've got a hero who's established and you can just tell a good story with them. Uh, Volume two, I think, tells a better story than volume one does, but I still like volume one a little bit better because it was, it, it was something that I hadn't seen before. Hadn't seen a movie done like that in the MCU or any comic book movie done like that ever at that right. point, sort of like how the Avengers at the time, you hadn't seen a team up movie, a build up mm-hmm. like that. And right. while there's nothing, really wrong with age of ultron i still enjoy the avengers more overall because of that fact um so that's the theory and i still think it holds for the most part 
Yeah, I think they're starting to change that up with stuff like the Spider-Man trilogy with uh, Tom Holland, where it was like the whole first, the whole three movies was the origin. And by the end, that was like the fully fleshed out Spider-Man. And I think with this Guardians trilogy, if you look at it, and this is kind of like the way that I think James Gunn wants us to look at it as Rocket's story. Even in, in Volume 3, they say, oh, is your story all along? Like that was one of the, the lines from the movie. If you look at it as Rocket's origin story, these first three movies have to be like a complete set. It's not just that first movie because we didn't get any of his origin. So it's I feel like they're starting to change up that formula because people were getting so tired of the origin stories, especially with the big guns like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, where people were like, Oh, I've seen this origin story. I know that origin story. And we, we just saw the Batman uh, last year. Was mm-hmm. it last year? And yeah. that one, there's no origin specifically. It's like, Oh, he's Batman. He's been Batman for a year. And I bet you this Superman legacy that James Gunn's. Are we on. ever going to find out how Batman became Batman? <laughs> how how are we supposed to know? <laughs> I bet you this Superman legacy is going to do the same thing where it's like, it's not going to show him coming down as a baby. And naked. I hope it doesn't, man. <laughs> yeah. Lifting the cars <laughs> with his little ding dong, like in the, the 78 movie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think they're starting to change up that formula, but I'm really wanting to get to Jeff W's take as soon as he got out of the movie he texted me and rob and he said one thing we're tired of beastie boys so jeff <laughs> expand on that text I forgot about that <laughs> tell the tell our tell our viewers what you were thinking when you walked out of the theater for volume three i think so that scene i mean I guess we're just doing full spoilers right yeah go at this point go go all in jeff. yeah so it happens in the hallway scene, right? The infamous hallway scene. There's videos up online on YouTube yes. breaking it down. Mm-hmm. You can go watch it. Um, they play that Beastie Boys song. And all I could think of was how out of place I felt in the Super Mario movie. Uh, just, you know, what what, how, what was that? A month ago-ish? A yeah. month and a half ago-ish? Right. Mm-hmm. April. And, yeah. um, you know, to me, I think, he, you know, this may be this may be my one fault with the gun movies. I think, uh, and this this actually, I think, out of all, all of these songs, all three of the movies, that is the worst song choice that he has made. Only really? because, to me, it is so. Uh, it was just really generic. I thought, like you know, d- like dig a little deeper uh, in there, and I I don't know. It just didn't feel. I didn't like that song, and I don't like that. I just had to hear it, in Mario you know, was, was right. my sort of reaction initially uh, right. to that song. Well, is there uh, a, so... a different Beastie Boys song you would have rather heard? Like Girls? Mm, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I don't do like, I don't even know. I don't even know if you should go Beastie Boys. Like they, it just, that just feels so. Or intergalactic. Which is my See, that would have been, song. see, I think that would have been a little better. And maybe like, maybe because they just continually, like that is, I think, easily, you know, as somebody who follows that space, like anytime the Beasties are mentioned, it's always no sleep till Brooklyn. I mean, Jay-Z's doing tributes, he's playing that song. You know what I mean? Like, it's just overplayed to me. I actually would have liked Intergalactic, I think, a lot more. Like, if you would have went that route. Um, but, um... 
yeah, I just didn't like that song choice. I think it's the worst song choice in all three movies. Um, <laughs> but not that not the worst song, mm-hmm. the worst one for me. I choice. guess. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, you really can see the difference between Mario, the way that Mario used it, and the way that James Gunn used it. Mm-hmm. You can see kind of like here's the the like. I don't even know how to say it, like the generic way to use it versus here's the creative way to use yeah. it. Because in Mario, it it's was just like, a transition. Like it's yeah. literally a transition. And song. that's the yeah. whole movie. And that was mm-hmm. my problem with Mario, which if you want to hear my thoughts on Mario, you can listen to our um, Sandbox Gamers After Dark podcast where we talked all about Mario. But it was that the songs were out of place. It was like, what does this have to do with anything? And it just feels like a needle drop for no reason. And I think that's like the worst way to do it in this mm-hmm. one. I like that you can read into either the, the feeling of the song or the lyrics themselves and be like, Oh, okay. I can see how this applies. And like you said, there's breakdowns online that you can kind yeah. of match up the lyrics to what's going on in the scene as it's happening. Right. So uh, I didn't have a problem with it necessarily I, yeah. as a, like taking me out of the movie. Um, I, you had, you saw it before Rob and I, so you had sent that text. And so I went into the movie saying, all right, where is it? Where is it? I, I was mm-hmm. looking for the song and when right. it finally came, I was like, oh, okay, here it is. But I think for me, I was too caught up in that scene, that fight, mm-hmm. which I think is one of the best action moments in the MCU. They have this long continuous uh, take which they hide by like cgi cuts between it but you're going in between each character everybody has like a, a role to play everybody's got like a move that they're doing and it, it was I it was think, very reminiscent of his recent stuff that scene right like of, of peacemaker like like action. suicide yeah because oh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a little more violent in that that one too than i think it has been in the past in these movies yeah which i think is like a strength of gun is the action and the, the the choreography of it, just like the spacing, because you can do action that's confusing, like you don't know what's going on, all these quick cuts. I think James Gunn does it right, and I think the humor is the strength of James Gunn. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get into that, and specifically wonder, Rob, what did you think about the humor of this movie? Because that was another thing going into it, I was told... And I, I think this is very interesting because I don't think this is an, uh, not a valid take, but I was told, hey, it's going to be dark. It's going to be depressing. You're going to feel bad when you come out of this movie. And I actually came out the opposite. I was like, yeah, this is fun. Like the, I was laughing, especially with Drax. Anytime Drax had a line, I was laughing. So for you, Rob, did the comedy come through or were you leaving sad and depressed when you left the theater? Um, I did not leave sad and depressed and that might be partially to just going in with an understanding that okay you know all these actors are saying that they're this is the last time they're going to be doing it uh so you know i just sort of had that expectation and all the marketing all the red carpet stuff it's like yeah we're saying goodbye we're saying goodbye it's not like it's coming out of nowhere they're not gonna make another one i thought they were all dead <laughs> when they said when they were like this is the last one especially with batiste he's like i'm not f all this i'm not doing no, this i didn't anymore. i didn't believe that they would do that they would do it um because i don't think necessarily killing characters has to be one or using character deaths 
as a way to one up like previous movies and things like right. that. So I, mm-hmm. I I wasn't really going in thinking that people were going to die, but with an understanding that people could, I guess mm. that's the best way to describe it. Um, I've got a theory and I get, well, maybe theory is not the right word, but I've got an expectation also for James Gunn's humor when I go into his movies, because I see right. it in everything he does. And this is not a complaint because I think it works, but you know, it'll be serious. It'll be two characters or three characters and it'll be serious conversation, serious conversation. Why'd you eat all the Zarg nuts? Serious conversation because I like Zarg nuts. Serious conversation. <laughs> Get your feet off the couch, Drax. Serious conversation. Just, just things like that. So I, I, I think it was it. It held up my expectations on that end too. And I don't know, Jeff. You, like Jeff said, gets you it. Jeff knows I'm right. One, you seeing it first. Did yeah. you? Had you heard anything about it being depressing or uh, uh, down? No, and, and I mean, and really, my reaction was to like that news. I think I think a lot of people were were saying that, but I just felt like that it was just going to be sort of a wrap up because Gunn's leaving, and yes. you know, when when he got ousted, I mean, Batista was like, "I'm not even making a third yeah. without him." You right. know, like, it just isn't going right. to happen. And I would assume all of them mm-hmm. felt the same. I mean, you can't take, uh, you know, him away from it. But um, yeah, I mean, I figured you know, they hadn't really dived into Because he had been saying that for a while, that it was going to be Rocket's, you know, right. story. Because he, right? like, he said that's his that favorite character. In. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we went, I, so I went into it kind of expecting it to be like that. Although, like, you know, I went into it, I don't really cry at movies. Maybe Guns, this might have been the closest one that Marvel has ever had, just because, I mean, just the how sad that is you know the the animal scenes in here are mm-hmm. tough i have a, a buddy whose wife is very sensitive to that stuff and i had to text so i'm like hey man like just a heads up like i didn't <laughs> trigger say warning like, there's there's raccoon so you know. skull in this one buddy <laughs> like you're gonna like it's not like you know uh all happy you're gonna happy see go a lucky. rabbit with spider legs okay <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah i mean I, I don't i i don't know if i had any expectations for it but i mean i think I mean, I think that had to happen. I think it, it it's what, I mean, Rob put the Avengers, like, you know, movies over. I would, it would be real tough for, I don't know if I could watch Age of Ultron again. I think I would rather watch all three Guardians over all of those. If you had to make me watch all the Avengers, uh, I think I would, might, I would maybe rather oh. just watch all three of these, you know, to be honest. Um, I mean, That's it's sort of a mood thing too for me, but like, mm-hmm. I just feel like the, the well, strength yeah. of each of these, you know, upholds and i just feel like age of ultron was boring uh for me but um Mm -hmm. you know uh, but i think the third one this one man i don't know where i would would rank in the movies but man this it's just so strong and i think it's because of the rocket stuff i mean it like Mm -hmm. to not be like to to if you don't if you didn't if you know if you were watching this and you didn't feel you know some kind of uh some kind of way, I guess, as the kids say, um, you know, about Rocket's storyline, you know, his his origin and then him at the end, you know, seeing, you know, like rescuing his own little species, mm-hmm. his own little raccoons in the right. uh, in the cage. I mean, like I said, like it's probably like the closest I've ever been to crying at a Marvel movie, you know, or any movie for a while at that point, because it was just right. uh, I just thought it was really well done. I mean, and I think Rocket 
might be my favorite one too um just because oh. man drax is up there too but you know I, I don't know i just i love the characters a lot and uh well, yeah that's I mean, what's it's, it's good that's what's great about the guardians is i don't think there's a weak link in the characters like everybody Uh-oh. has something that you love about them or, or something that is endearing about their both the character and the actor so yeah you have both of those things coming together where it's like I I like both of these things and they taste two great tastes that taste great together. So mm-hmm. I think that is one thing that I've really liked about all three Guardians movies was you have each individual piece and then they all come together as a family and they all like mesh as a unit. Mm-hmm. And the the Guardians of the Galaxy video game, which we talked about on the Sandbox After Dark podcast, that was another great example of why we love all those characters and that game takes some heavy cues from james gunn he doesn't have anything to do with it and he didn't write that game but the influences of the way that he uh his versions of all the characters can be seen in the game it felt like i was watching another version of like an alternate version of Mm -hmm. of the guardians movies um so i think like i said the the cast and the each one of them being like a broken piece and then they all come together. And especially by the end of this movie, it's like they're kind of each one of them is, is kind of becoming uh whole again by the end of the movie. Everybody's got like a, a happy ending at the end of this, which we can talk about. Um, but I think that's very interesting that you said rocket uh, now is kind of like your favorite, because like I said, they said specifically in the movie, Hey, this is your, this was your story. All along, whereas the first two movies, we were kind of seeing it from Star-Lord's point of view, from Peter Quill's point of view. Right. And if you now, if you go back and look at it, okay, maybe it was Rocket's, you know, story all along, but we were just seeing it from another standpoint. And I feel like Um, out of the like in the second one, I think obviously it became it's just interesting to see him like switch that. So like the second one is very it's much I felt like maybe a little heavier because the whole thing is him chasing his dad basically or whatever. Right. Right. And then just be able to switch it and come back and like, you know, write the ship a little bit and do something different. Um, but still yeah. be cohesive um, to I, me is what I was makes it interesting. Yeah. I was listening to an interview with James Gunn and he said the first movie was about the relationship with his mother. First, second movie is about the relationship with his father. Third mm-hmm. movie is about the relationship with himself because the whole movie, he's kind of like trying to figure out, okay, my girlfriend died and there's another version of my girlfriend, but she's not like my girlfriend. So how do I cope with that? Or how do I get by myself if I don't have her anymore? So I thought that was kind of interesting the way that he phrased that. I, I never really looked at it that way. Um, but all of these guardians being like broken people and finding finding value in broken things. And then by the end of it, it's like they're, they're being repaired and each movie kind of has that arc where it's like, okay, they're broken at the beginning and then they're fine at the end. And then you go to the next, okay, they're broken at the beginning and then they're fine at the end. So I, I kind of like that theme throughout all of these. And it's kind of like also a theme of second chances. Like everybody's getting, if you go down the list, like every character is getting a second chance at something. Um, but I thought the structure of this movie was 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 a little strange because it was okay. Rocket gets taken out at the beginning, 
And then 90% of the movie is him like flashbacks. And then at the end, he comes back. Um, I thought that was kind of a interesting mechanic that James Gunn uh, set up. Rob, what did you think about the, that structure of the flashbacks? Do, did you think it worked or would you have rather have seen it, you know, kind of like a chronological order? I think it worked for, for the pacing of the story at at the very first, like the first couple of flashbacks, I, I thought to myself, like, maybe maybe this would have been better, like the first half or the second half or having this be like a not a short, but it's like a, a, a special presentation or something like that. Because even right. though, you know, the, the movie's long, like it's if I don't know exactly how long it is. Two but and it and felt, half. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, felt long to about. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, you know, this if this was its own thing outside of the movie, you know, we would, we all would have got out of the movie theater quicker. And I'm a fan of short movies. That's just me. (laughs) But after, after a while, I didn't really notice it and I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, So I think ultimately it's fine. Yeah. Um, Jeff, what are you, what are your thoughts on this new Gamora? You know, because she got killed in infinity war uh-huh. James Gunn kind of didn't have a say in that. Uh, and then so he has to pick up the pieces and be like, oh, okay, yeah. I want her back, but this is not the same Gamora. How do you, uh, or what did you think about the way that they wrapped her storyline up in this where yeah. she doesn't end up with him? Did did you like that version or do you think it would have been better if they had got back together by the end of yeah. it? Yeah, I would actually say this is probably one of the, like when I rank, if I'm looking at um just stuff that I like about the movie. This is one of the stronger points for me. Um, the be- one of the better aspects of the story. I did think, um, man, I forget who I saw pointed out, but the dialogue he's having when they're in the elevator and they've, mm-hmm. they've kidnapped that like person that's like, yeah. you know, at the front desk or whatever. Right. Who that um, girl, quick note. Uh-huh. Do you know who that, uh, she was also in another James Gunn movie. Did, did you recognize no, her? Or did, I didn't recognize her. She no. was, in Suicide Squad, she was Rat Catcher too. Oh, the girl that could control the rats. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So okay. Quick side. Got note. you. Yeah, and so, um, in that scene, like he is, it feels like he is talking to Marvel and Disney a little bit because he's saying, you know, he's kind of speaking through Quill. He's like, oh, so you took my character, you just threw her off, and he like makes the joke. He threw her off of a like a like a special cliff or something, like some magical cliff, and now she's dead. And so it's almost. Uh, poetic in the way that he's like, you know, kind of almost taking a shot at Disney through that dialogue. I felt like when he's, you know, saying like, kind of, you took my character mm. and just did whatever you want to do. Now I have to like write around this, you know? Right. And, um, and I thought it was like, I think he handled it like the best way you possibly can. Cause I think, you know, every, I think some of the uh, stuff after I got out of the movie like on reddit and stuff was like you know the spoiler you know warnings and stuff mm-hmm. were like oh hey nobody dies it's like a everybody gets their own like happy ending kind of thing and in, in what you said factor too um but i would argue like they don't it's not like overly happy it's not like you know he doesn't they don't like they don't retcon like her brain <laughs> like you know doing something where you're like putting like a chip in her or doing some bullshit like it feels very authentic, I think, and that's maybe that's maybe that's why I like most about gun stuff is it feels so like authentic to me. Like dialogue feels like real, um, and they don't, you know, have them get back together. They kind of come to like a comfortable spot, you know, which is 
again, like I think kind of reflective of the gun and Disney relationship a little bit, you know? Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I thought, I thought that was super strong. Like, I don't, I don't think you had to have, like, like if you save everybody on that ship and you, everybody gets out and everybody's good, you know, Quill sees his grandfather and all that stuff. It's like, it feels a little overly happy. Like, like nothing, you know, basically like is the, is the movie meaningless at the end. But I think the Gamora, like, gives it that like transition from like beginning to end of the movie, you know, the, the change in that relationship. Yeah. I thought that was interesting because it's almost like the way that I'm looking at it, the way I'm interpreting it is they're saying, okay, there is no destiny. Cause there's like, just because she ended up with him in one timeline or in one reality doesn't mean she ends up with him in every reality. It's not like the Prince Charming, you know, the fairy tale thing where it's like, oh yeah, they're meant to be together. So they will always find each other, no matter what universe it is. I think Captain America might've said, you know, something like that, like I'll always find you or whatever. So I thought that was interesting. The way that James Gunn uh, took that story of, okay, I, I, maybe he would have told a different story if they hadn't killed her in, in, in infinity war, but, he's like, all right, I'm going to make lemonade out of these lemons. And this is the story that I'm going to tell. So I thought that was interesting. Rob, where was Star-Lord's mask? Every movie, he had a mask. <laughs> and a, and it became a signature to me. Where was it in this movie? You tell know, me, I had Rob. that I had that same thought walking out. I, I never noticed it while I was watching the movie. But as I was reflecting on the drive home, I... I thought to myself, I wonder why he didn't have his mask. And after doing some internet sleuthing, boop, 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 I was able to figure out the answer. Uh, the mask was destroyed in volume two. I don't Ooh. know if you guys remember that. Vactor, you said you only saw it the one time. But uh, yeah, the Russos that. brought it back for Infinity War. And James Gunn said, well, didn't remember how I'd, how the mask got destroyed? And he just kept ah. his own continuity within number three. Although, I mean, how many years passed between Infinity War, or excuse me, Volume 2 and Infinity War? I mean, five years? I, I think, or something um, like that. It's a, a, a decent amount of time, because Volume 2 takes place immediately after Volume 1. And then Infinity War was, you know, five years later. So I don't think it's... I don't think it's not fair to assume that he couldn't have got another mask, but that's your answer. The long and short of it is yeah, James Gunn was, said, no, I don't want him to have the mask anymore. I don't yeah. care about what you did in Infinity War. I was expecting them because they got these these shiny new suits, which those are actually from the comics. And the uh, the Guardians, when they rebooted it, basically, like right before the the movie came out, they had rebooted it because Guardians goes back to like the 60s, 70s. Um, there's been Guardians of the Galaxy teams. But the modern version, like what we see in the movie, they had those blue uniforms on. So I was expecting he has a specific type of helmet that he wears. And I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. I thought nope. the same thing. Never did. That it. they were going to go that that route. You were going to see a comic book accurate mask. But no well, such I was luck. Also, I, I was also thinking maybe they just did it. Maybe the the whole reason James Gunn did it was, okay, I need him to be in trouble at the end. I need him to not be able to breathe in space. So if he had oh, his mask, right. there's yeah. no danger of it. But 
I also, that brings up another good point. Um, one of the things that I was kind of like, they, they could have did something a little bit different here. So we haven't talked about Adam Warlock at all yet, but let's get into the Adam Warlock element also from the comics and also like one of the original Guardians members from this, the rebooted team. Mm-hmm. But him at the end saving Star-Lord, I think it would have been nice if Gamora had saved him and then that would have been like a flip on the first movie where she, uh, he saved her. Wait, he saved her in the first movie. So she would be saving him in this movie. So it it would have been like a, you know, it's like poetry or rhymes. It would have been something that matched up (laughs) and made this trilogy something. I thought that would have been, I didn't even know those words were going to rhyme. Yeah. (laughs) But having, cause what was Adam Warlock's purpose in this movie? Besides, there was a little bit of comedy. There was, you know, yeah. he was funny. I liked, I, I liked him. But like, if you took Adam Warlock out of this movie, can you think what would it have changed? What would it have affected Rocket getting injured at the beginning? Okay, anybody right. could have injured Rocket. Like, all right, he stepped on a firecracker and blew. He his fell down the stairs. A firecracker. Yeah. <laughs> Which also, I was listening to some reviews and they were like. How is it that Rocket has been with them this entire time and he's never been injured? Because in the 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 movie, you know, the, the whole thing is we can't put a med pack on him because he had this thing that would blow up and, and kill him. So he's never been oh, that injured before. Right, he right. went through how many different battles and he went through <laughs> Endgame and Infinity War. You're thinking about it too hard. Never got hurt. <laughs> Come For the on, same game, reason man. Peter Quill hasn't had his had to have a defibrillator, or Gamora, mm-hmm. or Mantis, or Drax. It's it's comic books. That's that, the reason why. I, yeah. So that was kind of uh, interesting, but yeah, I think the, also the he's this about... big. I mean, his hitbox is yeah, small. That's true. That's true. <laughs> the whole thing about Adam Warlock was like this is his origin. Like this is him being introduced. And I almost felt like James Gunn kind of felt, Oh man, I introduced him in the last one. I got to pay it off. Cause I'm not coming back. So uh-huh. let me get Adam you, Warlock in here. I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Is that what I think happened? Cause he, there. he felt like shoveled in there. Like it felt like he already had the story and then he was out. Oh, how do I fit Adam Warlock in here? Okay. Well, he can do this. Whereas the the rest of the the film felt like okay this is Rocket's story this is like the whole it's all sit, fitting together and then now we got to put Adam Warlock in there so that was yeah. kind of like one of my few gripes about the film was the way that Adam Warlock was used and especially if you're going into this thinking hey which I was this is gonna be Adam Warlock from the comics and we've been thinking about this for six years because the last movie came out six years ago and it's like we've been waiting anticipating for adam warlock and then he's like barely in the movie isn't it for like three scenes uh the uh rob what'd you call him the small the little small man or he looked like a i said he looks like the world's biggest little person yeah world's (laughs) biggest little person so he got like chiseled for this role like they were talking oh yeah you Uh... put on this muscle and then it was like then he had his shirt off for one scene. What was the point? <laughs> Ten, five Are you seconds. saying he has the head of a dwarf? Oh, 
<laughs> I'm just saying oh, he 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 has he, he has very oh, similar features man. to a little person. Wow. Will Poulter. That's not did. not to say anything about him personally or his acting or anything. Yeah. He did. A, <laughs> he just yeah. has a very unique look, uh, just like he me. Good, he did a good job of being that. All right, he he hatched too early. Like he was the something was wrong with him. He didn't get incubated long enough what's that movie uh, he did with jennifer aniston uh, uh we're the millers we're is that what yeah yeah called? we are the millers he's yeah, playing yeah. the same character <laughs> from that movie in this movie but just gold yeah that was that was good um so yeah jeff did you have any thoughts on adam warlock as a character um yeah you know it was funny i think the only comment i would make is i feel like yeah, he has this, like, you could have inserted any, because his role was kind of, uh, what's the main villain's name? I don't even, I can't remember his the name. High evolutionary. The High, High evolutionary. evolutionary. Yeah. So I think his, so, you know, you kind of have to give him, like, a little, uh, I don't know, assassin-type character. And I feel like, like you said, he has to kind of make up for that. But also, like, Marvel stuff is so in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I mean, it, it's just jam-packed with um, trying to find another word besides shit, um, where, like, characters like that are going to play, like, minuscule roles in some of these movies, right? Like, like you're going right. to have to kind of, like, wedge them in. So it didn't really mm -hmm. bother me, necessarily. Although, yeah, I think you could have... There was no significance in his name in it right like it could have been anybody it could have been a, a whole new character like you could have you know it was totally like swappable with any character but i think that's like something like that is bound to happen in all these movies because it's just becoming so like jam-packed like you have to fit a cameo in every 10 minutes it feels like you know well that's what the disney plus shows are for like there's yeah. so much content out there now we can have like in she hulk you can have like an episode of five D listers and hey, get yeah, away just with it. Don't make She Hulk and then make oh the my Adam God. Warlock thing, and then you got a good show. You got oh, the whole. You got the wrong idea from what I said, Jeff. Oh, because boy. we have She Hulk, we can have all these other little things. You just reminded they me. Talked of great about thing. people like you in She Hulk, yeah. <laughs> but. The High Evolutionary, actually, uh, another thing to point out. Hold on, hold on. I, want, I have something to say about Adam Warlock, just real fast. Um, I feel like, under the context of the movie, saying, hey, he hatched six minutes ago, and this guy can't even tie his shoe, but he can... He's the most badass thing you've ever seen in the movie. For the first 15 uh -huh. minutes, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. These guys are, he's really just tearing everybody's butthole wide open over here. Uh, and then he's, he can't figure out what to do with the little dog th creature that he found. <laughs> yes. uh, whatever uh, that thing blurp. was. Blurp. blurp. Yeah, it's like the little thing in uh, Shang-Chi, but this one has a face. Yeah, yeah. So, which think it's his cousin. At the end, we see is part of the new Guardians team. So Blurp is coming back, Rob. But I don't get upset about, and I think it's super interesting that uh, nobody in this in this podcast, but people get upset over. Okay, this is what Adam Warlock's is in the comic, and mm -hmm. uh, Warlock, excuse me. And if it's not a one to one representation of the comic, I am going to be pissed mm -hmm. uh, especially with the whole mcu because there are very few characters in the mcu that are one-to-one -one representations of who they are in the comics like look at modok for example 
uh, not exactly the same. And that's the most recent. <laughs> um, so I feel like going into these movies just with an understanding that, hey, the, you know, this is another interpretation. This is yeah. an adaptation of these characters. That's why it's called a multiverse. Right. Don't, well, it, also, it doesn't need to be exactly the same. Otherwise, just read the comic if you want right. it to be exactly the same. Right. I, I do like having variation, um, but it's too early to tell if this variation is going to be good because right. we just didn't get enough of him. So I'm sure we're going to see him in Secret War. I'm sure sure we're going to see him in whatever the next Guardians movie is because we saw him on the team. So, And he's young enough. I think Will Poulter can play the character for a while. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that one. Um, but Jeff mentioned the High Evolutionary. I do have to say he was one of the strong points for me as the, the main villain. The difference, it, what's crazy, if you think about the difference between how Kang was in Quantumania versus how High Evolutionary is in this movie, it's like night and day where High Evolutionary is introduced. You don't know anything about him, but they tell you everything you need to know through just his mannerisms, the way he is, and then these short little pieces of his, he's in the flashbacks as well. And you see his little progression from having a face to not having a face. And he's also menacing the entire time. He's powerful. And then Kang in Quantumania is all like, I think, hype. It's like people, like Kang is, Kang is coming. Kang is going to be good. Kang is going to be good. And besides Loki, like Kang was great in Loki. But what we got in Quantumania, it was like, man, I don't know if I like that. Like that version of Kang. I love Jonathan Majors. Like his his acting was great. But that character, the way Kang was written in Quantumania versus the way High Evolutionary is written in this, it's like, man, this, this is what it should be versus that's what you could be. Um, so yeah. I, I really liked um, – and – Again, this is the, like I said, the character and the actor putting those two together. Uh, Chiwudi Awuji is his name. He was in Peacemaker um, as the, like the head guy, and he did a great job. So once again, I, I liked him in Peacemaker. I liked him in this, and I liked the high evolutionary. So I thought that was one of the stronger points of the film um, overall. And I think one thing that really lends uh, the high evolutionary over Kang Outside of the writing and everything you mentioned, I couldn't agree more with with every point you just made. But also, having having a villain whose agenda is, I'm going to take over the world and the whole universe, and I'm going to rule everything, versus, hey, I have this point to make. I'm just trying to do this small thing over here. You may or may not agree with it, but That's you, the you have so much... Yeah, you have so much more flexibility and room for character growth and acting versus a very plain, I'm going to take over the world. And I think that was a main problem with right. Kang. There's well. no Kang, there's no motivation in yeah, that. There really movie wasn't with Kang. Right. I mean, can, I, I, as much as I uh, want to defend Kang, I hit that wall. And say, well, yeah, I don't really know why he wanted yeah. to do anything he did. <laughs> and I saw that Hopefully, movie twice. So. This version that we're getting in Loki season two, which we're getting this year, 
hopefully th- that version of Kang is going to be something that we like. Cause like I said, in the, in the first season of Loki, he was one of the stand standout moments of that show. And he was only in like the last two episodes. He's in it for like six minutes. Yeah. So hopefully we get a, a better version of Kang as it comes out. But with Jonathan majors, uh, troubles off screen. I don't. I don't even know if he, we're gonna yeah. get him again in in the Kang. Dynasty. I don't know. Everything I've been reading, these blind items. Uh, not to get too much into the scuttlebutt, but certain studios are starting to look at certain options for other certain actors. Ugh. I'll just leave hmm. it at that. Again, that's just rumor. So Kang will return, but as some, played by somebody else. But that's fine. <laughs> I mean, how many actors did you have playing Loki in the Loki series? Like, it's totally well, fine. Yeah, they could say it's a variant. That's easy for Kang. And go back uh, and retcon, add a few different character or actors' faces onto the Council of Kangs. You'll be right. okay. Right. I, I just think you replace him, like just Iron Man this shit, and just replace the guy and just do- well, Robert actually... Downey Jr. Nah, the uh, what's, <laughs> what's his name? No, no, no. Who I'm, was it? Uh, oh, you're talking about Rhodey. Yeah, uh, you're yeah, talking yeah. about Terrence Howard and into Don yes. Cheadle. Just change about. it up, baby. Just yeah, who cares? A different guy. Well, That's it's going to be interesting. Make it Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> that, I've heard that um, scuttlebutt as well. But we're starting to get to the point where these actors are starting to age out of their characters. And like we said with Batista saying he's never coming back. And uh, actually, Zoe Saldana, I saw, said that she's not coming back for if if there was another Gamora role, she's like, nah, I'm, I'm done with it. Versus, it seems like Peter Quill is going to be coming back. We'll talk about that end scene later. But I, I don't hear anything from Chris Pratt being like, money? Yeah, I'll take that. Like, I don't hear him turning that down uh, for the Star-Lord role. So I think it's going to be interesting once we start to get to these. Because we never have that in the comics. The comics, they can be mm-hmm. the same age for 50 years and you're not blinking an eye. But in these movies, I think that's always been in the back of my mind when that when I first started watching these MCU movies, I'm like, man, what happens when they get too old to play the character? Iron, they're not going to kill Iron Man, right? They wouldn't kill Iron Man, right? I, right. But I just wonder how Marvel's going to do that with the multiverse and with all these different things. What's the reboot of Iron Man? Because you know Disney wants another Iron Man, so oh for sure. What's yeah. going to be the next? iron man movie like how are they going to do it in live action because we've seen it so many times in comics and animation so what's it going to be in live action that'll be interesting i want to see what happens yeah and and with with guardians i just i think you need to respect the james gunn run in fact i wish chris pratt would have said he's not like i would just openly come out and say i'm not going to do these anymore um, it's not like he's not making enough money off of all of his other roles, right? Like he's already got his Jurassic Parks in there. I just don't think you need to. I, it's it's going to be Garfield like a, soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Remember? it would be like, oh God, <laughs> Jesus. It, it would be like, like if you had another hey, can I get some lasagna over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I slipped into my Mario voice. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Mondays. Can you believe it? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, imagine if like you know you have a writer for a comic book and you're like, hey man, uh, you can't write your version. You can you can do all the other characters, but we're gonna need your Spider-Man to be and talk the same way as you know, uh, Bendis's or whoever the hell you know at the time. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I just I like I don't even even the I mean we'll get into the end scenes I guess at some point, but like even the tease in there, I'm 
don't do that i don't think like i don't think you should do that either i think you should do you should wait number one and then you should figure out something else in, in my opinion right and or they could have just added they put the legendary star lord will return and they just put a little question mark question mark um did did he, anybody miss Yondu? Because that's what I was like when I saw him. I was like, man, I wish Yondu was in this movie because he was such a great part of the first two Guardians movies. I really missed his presence um, in this one. Craglin tried his best. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I, his James Gunn's brother just is not Michael Rooker. Yeah. You know, I I really didn't think about it all that much until the 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 brief cameo. Yeah. of Yondu in the movie mm-hmm. and I said oh yeah man that would have been good but it wasn't something really on my mind because I th- I think the writing in the cast held up now mm-hmm. Sean Gunn is no Yondu I will agree with that point uh, but I don't think I don't think his presence not being in the movie uh, put a put a damper on this in any way yeah and I, I don't me, think personally. You, yeah and I, and I don't think you want to try to shoehorn that into this movie Right. I think the last thing this movie needed was more scenes uh, of. Oh, of no. I, I was saying, now. like, if they just, if he never died, like, if oh, they had. Okay. Maybe okay, he was yeah. part of the team instead of Kraglin. Because mm. that that's was the yeah. role feels like he's playing with that, you know, mm-hmm. the whistle and everything. But I just like Michael Rooker. I think he's a great actor. And yeah. the, what he did with the Yondu character was great, also. What was not great. Was Sylvester Stallone? Why was he in this movie <laughs> for five seconds? Why do you get Sylvester uh, Stallone? It kind of felt like his. Uh, well, no, I think if you total up his King Shark performance versus this one, I wonder which one he actually had more on screen time. Uh, <laughs> but why was he in this? Why did Sylvester Stallone? Why did they have him in this? I don't understand. They brought well, all that, in... the 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 B team in for this one. Yeah, he was in right. the second one. He was in that, right? Am I? Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. think he just yes. Yeah. The Ravagers. Yeah. Yeah. The Ravagers were in it, but that was in that movie. His shortness was like, oh, he's going to have a bigger role in the next mm. one, right? That was what yeah. I was thinking when they introduced him. Of course, it's been like I said, been six years. Maybe there's been rewrites, but I thought there was going to be this Ravagers plot line. I want to say Miley Cyrus even had like a cameo. Yeah. As one of the she was the floating robot head, I believe. Yeah, that's oh. right. So I thought that was going to be more of a thing, but I also thought the the Gamora story was maybe there's maybe there's deleted scenes or there's stuff on the cutting room floor, but I thought her time with the Ravagers was not really fleshed out because it's like we see her at the beginning. Okay, this is my family, and then at the end she comes back and they're all celebrating her, and it's like, oh, she that's nice. She found her family. But that kind of happens off screen, like the relationship of her with those Ravagers. We don't see that. So that was kind of lacking to me when I was watching. I was like, oh, I guess that's good for her. But I wasn't there when when that happened. So I don't know um, mm-hmm. that they're telling me that they're a nice family together. But I didn't see that. Again, that's the so, series. That's the next Marvel series. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> or whatever. Even though she says she's in. not coming back. Right. Yeah. But Man, just change. a little. A little thing about Gamora. Hold on. I just want to know. I I want your opinion on this because Gamora, and this is little, this is totally inconsequential, but it does have to do with Gamora. I, I feel like they tried to make her look 
a little more accurate to her comic book counterparts. The gold around her eyes was a lot more prominent in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. In the previous yeah. two. And I, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I've never noticed it up until to or not today, but when I watched when this watched movie, it. did uh, did you guys notice that? Or am I just staring at things that I shouldn't be? Yeah. I thought she looked a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I think they have started to, because if you go back to that first movie and I think they might've been a flashback of when he saved her in the first movie, like mm-hmm. they didn't, the makeup wasn't as pronounced. Like it, it there wasn't, I think, her face didn't look as angular to me. Of course, I'd have to rewatch it again, but I think you're right. I think they've uh, just upped her look as it's gone on. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but that, maybe we'll, we'll see her again played by another actor, but it won't be Zoe Saldana in the mm-hmm. next one. Um, <laughs> I think that's pretty much everything that I had. Oh, actually, this is another thing that I heard people talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we talk about the end. Um, but everyone is saying there's too much yelling in this movie. They're saying that the this has become a James Gunn thing. It's like, and Peacemaker had a lot of this, just two characters yelling at the top of their lungs, like oh, in an ah! argument. Yeah, yeah. I did. That doesn't bother me. I think like Rob, to me, it's become like that James Gunn shtick, like the, his comedy. I laugh at it every time. I don't think it's over the top, but I've seen a lot of people along with this being depressing and animal cruelty. The yelling is the other thing I see people coming back to again and again. Did either of you think that the high evolutionary yelled too much? No. um, I feel like he yelled just right. Like (laughs) the Goldilocks (laughs) scenario. I feel like he was just right. No, it, it never even crossed my mind how much he was yelling. Like, I feel like, because of that, because I didn't notice it, I feel like it fit the character. Now, I've only seen it one time. I only just saw it the other day. So if I go back, you know, I might be more aware of it, unlike the first viewing. But the the initial impression is no. I, that's not something that even crossed my mind. Yeah, that's the same for me. All right, let's get into these post credit scenes. So the first one is the new team in Rocket, who has now accepted the name rocket raccoon, which that was kind of cool. This is the comics version of him. Whereas every other movie, he was like, I'm not a raccoon. Now he's leading the team. The new team has, I'm going to call him King Groot because yeah. he's like yeah, the big, they, yeah. uh, fully boy formed. got thick with <laughs> two C's. Marvel's official title is his divine majesty, King Groot, the 23rd monarch of planet X, custodian of the branch worlds, ruler of all the shades. That <laughs> is the King Groot. And when you see him, he has kind of like a crown yeah, head on him. Yeah. But uh, Groot, Rocket, um, Cosmo, Cosmo, yeah. Kraglin, the pet blurp, Adam uh-huh. Warlock, mm-hmm. and that um, little girl. Also, the little girl who is Philavel which is a character, she was also in that rebooted Guardians run, like I was saying. Um, she is a major character. She's the daughter of Captain Marvel. She's been Captain Marvel. She's been Quasar. So that character probably is going to play a bigger role. Um, I don't know what they're going to do as far as aging that girl up because she's never that young. In the comics, she's always like a lady. She's always a, a full, fully grown adult. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. But Phyla Vell, um, is also on the team. Did you guys, when you saw that scene, 
like we said, we thought this was going to be the end. So when you saw that new lineup, uh, what was your thoughts, Jeff? I'll ask you first. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I sort of almost said it earlier, but I was like, okay, this is cool. I, I like this as a as a post credit scene, uh, but don't don't do this. <laughs> like like this doesn't you know you don't have to make this movie. Don't do this oh. movie, you know, uh, or maybe you do something smaller. Uh, I have I don't really have any interest in seeing like another rent rend- I want to I want a whole I want a different. You need to I think you need to go like you need to change up something more. Like you should put like another like drop like a familiar face in the Guardians and then change up the whole thing a little bit. You know, um, I, I like I like all these characters, but I just don't I don't think I want to see that movie. That might be interesting because the Guardians is like the Avengers. They've had like a rotating lineup. At one point in the comics, Venom is in the Guardians. Iron right? Man is also. Right. So, yeah. A Venom drop, Jeff? Would you like that to see be, Tom Hardy? Yeah. Do something fucking okay. weird. You know what I mean? Like, don't well drop a drop an X-Men in there. Yeah, do something goofy. I don't know. Yeah, once like, they change announce up the, the whole mutants. thing. Rob. Yeah. What did you think about the lineup for the new uh, Guardians? It was fine. I I I mostly agree with jeff uh but the only thing i differ with is okay well maybe we'll give him a shot like the you know all the characters in the new guardians of the galaxy lineup outside of rocket and Groot, you know i've had like 10 minutes of screen time all together so you you're not familiar with these characters you're not friends with these characters you know what i mean so with with the right writer, you know, it could be just fine. But I would prefer that they they pluck Star-Lord out from Earth and just put him back in his position. Uh, yeah. But I also agree that, you know, going totally out of left field, putting Venom in it, uh, put Thor back in there. Why don't we, why don't <laughs> we go back to yeah. the ass guardians of the galaxy <laughs> and see what that is. But I do like the idea of, you know, somebody semi-established or established character even if it's in the comics you're like oh they're putting him in guardians of the galaxy why is nightcrawler in this all Mm -hmm. right let's go like i'd be open to that too all right so the last post-credit scene was the one that jeff was enraged by he was infuriated by after he left the theater (laughs) well Uh, i did call tell us whenever T- tell us why, Jeff. Tell us why. That was pointless as fuck. Is why I don't. Why I don't give a shit about what him <laughs> and his grandpa are doing if they're not gonna be. If that. If they don't. If, when they're talking about the neighbor, if you don't go out to and see the neighbor and it's not Wolverine cutting her grass, I give two shits about hey, what, Logan, what's going on here. Come meet my grandson. <laughs> I've I so. I like. I've watched this movie. I'm t- like, like. You gotta understand where I'm at with this. I went and saw this right after work one day. So I just go right in after work it i i have a two and a half hour movie i go through these credits you give me all the way to the credits i have to stay for the credit because you do this for every movie and then you get to the end and it's just these two jerk offs like e- eating cereal like it's fine but like why the fuck did i watch that and, the, and really the only thing that triggered me was vector asked me and i was like I was like, he was like, you know, were the scene, were they worth it or were they good? He kind of like asked my opinion. I was like, well, the second one's not worth it. I'm like, so if you want to leave, just leave after that, uh, the new team reveal. Cause to me, that shit was boring. And, uh, and then, you know, he was like, well, I'm going to stay for all of them. And I'm like, well, fine, then do that. Like, it fucking sucks. It's a waste of time. That was my problem. It was just, I don't, if you're not doing anything with it, like, I don't know, like, Wagner equated it to the shawarma thing. Like, 
I mean, kinda. I, I get, at least that was funny. Like this one, I didn't even find funny. I was like, like, what, like, what the fuck was the point to to me? Right. Well, the the humor is subjective. Like somebody will find it funny, and somebody won't. No, but this was as as, objectively bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as like, what was the point of it? I think the the main reason why you do it is for the the comedy of oh now he's just back on earth and this is this mundane life that he's living but also there was that newspaper um that his grandpa was reading and that had some easter eggs from the christmas special the guardians christmas special with kevin bacon um so i think it was humor was the main reason but then that the the thing that made it worth it for me was the the legendary star lord will return that got my mind like wait a minute because i was thinking the whole time i was like oh this is the end like he's going back to earth he's going to retire with his grandpa he's going to cut the lawn uh-huh. and then they said he would return and i was like when is he going to return is he going to be in secret wars is there going to be another guardians movie is he going to have a solo movie because there is a comic series called the legendary star lord but that's also just you know, like the amazing Spider-Man, you know, uh, the, ba- the Cape Crusader, like the Dark Knight. Uh-huh. So I I didn't necessarily think that was specifically hinting at, okay, he's getting his, his own solo movie. But then the wheels started turning and like, I was like, oh, maybe he would get a solo movie. And what would that look like? So that was to me, the thing that made it worth it was the he will return after um and thinking about what was going to happen after that rob what did you think about that that final scene was it a wor- waste of time did you hate yourself when you watched no. it but i've also a <laughs> jeff had warned me quote unquote, <laughs> that this was gonna be at the end but i mean i don't know if you guys have seen any other mcu movie but almost always at the very end, it's some sort of joke, like an ant playing the right, drums. There's like one funny one and one Captain like America coming in and saying, so <laughs> waste your yeah. time, right? right? And then cut, right. or whatever he said, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, right. There's I always feel like, a, there's always two. Yeah. I feel like, now, I'm the, I don't know if they were going to do this, but I feel like if they just took them and flipped them, like you get oh, funny one the, the Peter yeah, Quill. Yeah eating with his grandpa as the mm-hmm. mid, and then you get the new team at the end. Probably would have been better. But then the new team at the end and then a tag that says the legendary Star-Lord will, ret- will return probably won't make a whole lot of sense contextually. Right. Because, like, well, what's Star-Lord have to do anything with that? We just saw Rocket and Groot and all them doing this. I shouldn't right. it be the new Guardians of the Galaxy will return. So I, I, see, I feel like it makes sense with what they did, but I, I didn't uh, get... Uh, anally anguished over it or anything like that. <laughs> What's really kind of weird is if you think about it, Marvel has set up six movies in the last three uh, MCU films that we've seen. In the end credits, they've set up six movies. If you think about in in Love and Thunder, they set up Hercules and oh, yeah. uh-huh. where's he going to appear? In Multiverse of Madness, they set up the Charlize the Theron. Eyeball. Yeah. yeah. Where's she going to appear in this one? The new guardians and potentially a Peter Quill movie in Shang-Chi at the end, it was setting up another movie. Eternals 
Star Fox and oh, you know all of them. Turtles. Oh, Sorry. yeah, you're right. God. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the the T'Challa, the son of T'Challa. Where are all these going to appear? Because we don't have any actual announcements for any of these. The only one I could think of is like the Charlize Theron one. Her talking about incursions. Okay, maybe that's the Secret that's Wars. That's going to be Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah. But everything if else. If like, there's not a Doctor Strange three before then. Right. Everything else we don't know. And Marvel has, they announced all the, the, you know, the phase five and phase six, and they had these little question marks and they hadn't, they have spots, but they haven't told us what's going to come out. And now with the writer's strike and now blade getting pushed back, like, I don't know exactly what is going to go on, but we, they still haven't yeah. introduced mutants. They still haven't introduced the X-Men. Yeah. I don't think you're going to see mutants in, before secret wars. I don't think so. Outside so, of uh, there or anything out of Deadpool, yeah. So it's interesting. I just thought I saw an article in Variety and and said that's interesting that there's all of these movies seemingly being set up, but where are they gonna like? Are we even ever gonna see that? Because I've seen some stuff about Harry Styles may never come back. Like he may never actually appear as Star Fox. So what was the point of that scene? If he doesn't appear, what was the point of that scene? And so that could be the flip side of what Jeff is saying, where every scene has to mean something and set up another thing. What if we never get those things? Then it was pointless for the setup. So it's a catch-22. We won't know until you know five, ten years down the line. But it's interesting to think about what's going to come next in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think the next one is the Marvels, and that's in November. Uh, I think we're going to come back all three of us for across the spider verse next month which is my number one most anticipated film of the year so we're definitely going to have to talk about after barbie you mean no 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 (laughs) kill all that unless barbie gets added to the mcu but i think across multiverse maybe multiverse nah Across the Spider-Verse and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem are my most anticipated movies for the rest of the year. And we'll see what happens with um, the rest of this stuff. But like I said, we'll be back in the Vactiverse for another episode. Until then, perhaps Wonder Rob can tell us where, if somebody's thinking, where can I get good video game content? What would you tell them, Rob? Well, lucky for you, I have just the podcast for your video game needs. It's called Sandbox Gamers After Dark. Coincidentally, starring myself, the always angry Jeff W., and Factor from the Vactorverse, where we're talking video game news every week. We're talking the games we're going to play. Our our most upcoming episode is going to be talking about Legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom our most recent episode we were talking about star wars jedi survivor we're talking the latest and greatest but i'll leave you with a little teaser it's called sandbox gamers after dark for a reason and i'll just leave it at that but you can find (sighs) us anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts oh yeah all right well i guess it's about that time to let everybody know that Wonder Rob loves comics. Jeff W., even though he's angry, he loves comics. And you should too.